It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in every episode to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. And I'd love to know how the show helps you. So just let me know via social media using the hashtag Ecom Masterplan. That's E-C-O-M-M-A-S-T-E-R-P-L-A-N. Right, we have to start off today with a huge thank you to Ollie Meekings and the team at User Replay, who named this very podcast as their number one essential podcast for e-commerce professionals. Well, hey, now we're in company with some amazing shows on that list. So just to be on the list is pretty cool. And to be at the top is truly amazing. So thank you, Ollie. Um, Now, I hope this episode lives up to your review. Well, actually, I know it does because I'm chatting to a very knowledgeable guest and a really clever e-commerce marketplace that grew out of a social media platform. We get into a lot of big e-commerce topics, including what the future holds for D2C brands. Before we meet our guest, though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for email and SMS messaging. Whether you're launching your e-commerce business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo gives you the tools to get growing faster. That's why it's trusted by over 38,000 e-commerce brands. Build your contact lists and emails that pop and create marketing moments that build valuable customer relationships over any distance. Get started for free today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Shopware is a leading e-commerce system used by some of the largest European brands, retailers and manufacturers across both B2C and B2B industries. As a trend-setting open source solution, Shopware gives retailers the freedom to quickly and easily realise their growth potential with more flexibility and less complexity. Visit shopware.com to check out the new Shopware cloud solutions and discover the easiest way into e-commerce. Craft the perfect customer experience and unleash your growth. And now to introduce today's special guest. Greg Spillane is the CEO at Fancy, a curated online retailer for customers looking to discover the coolest and most innovative fashion, accessories, art and gadgets from emerging brands and artists across the globe. And they're stocking over 200,000 items in their inventory. Hello, Greg. Hey, Chloe. Nice to speak with you. Nice to speak with you too. Now, I've given a a very short overview of, of Fancy, but how did you yourself end up in e-commerce? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting question. Uh, you know, I've been in technology my entire career. Uh, you know, I, I started off actually as an engineer and, uh, you know, early on after realizing that sitting in front of a computer for, you know, 10 hours a day and actually, you know, coding things that were not of interest to me uh, wasn't, wasn't the career path I wanted to go. So I, I actually ended up uh, founding an agency in uh, 2002, where we did a lot of custom development. Uh, and at that point, you know, obviously one of the, the, the big areas of interest is as we were moving towards a digital world uh, was bringing, um, you know, uh, 
brick and mortar businesses online. So we we at that time built uh, you know a lot of you know e-commerce shopping carts and, and 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 websites for people. And you know this is the day before Shopify and you know a lot of the different things made it so easy. I mean it was uh, it was a real undertaking to the point that we actually ended up building you know what what became proprietary technology to us that we were able to go out and resell and um, nothing like we have today. But that that was my first real intro to it. And uh, you know I spent a number of years in, in the B2B world, you know, prior to moving into my role here as the CEO of Fancy. Yeah, it's um it's kind of my career in e-commerce started in the the early two thousands too. And it's it's kind of mind blowing what you can, you know, grab a credit card, enter some details, and the tech you get for less than fifty dollars a month is just phenomenal considering what what we had to go through to build anything back in the day i, I know i you know you know I, you you read all these different stories and you, you know you hear about like how you know paypal came to be or how stripe came to be or, or really even the shopify story you know where shopify came from you know the where where you know they were trying to build their own e-commerce store to sell you know i think it was snowboards or whatever it is and just that realization of like this makes no sense this is way too hard there has to be an easier way like i i live the this is way too hard this makes no sense. There has to be an easier way. I, I wish I was uh, I, I was smart enough at the time to build the Shopify at that time. Yeah, don't we all though? Gosh, yeah, that right. would have been nice. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk. Um, let's talk fancy then, which is I find it a bit hard to describe fancy it, to to a consumer. It's very easy, but I think industry wise, you don't really fit into any boxes because it's kind of part populist art gallery. It's part marketplace, part fashion department store. It's kind of like you remind me a bit more of the Saatchi online gallery than you do eBay. So how how do you describe yourself to the industry? Yeah, no, that's a really that's a really good good question, and uh, you know I think we do we we do kind of um, exist in a very interesting niche out there, and we continue to evolve as a company. Um, you know, Fancy was founded in 2010, so you know, over the last 10 years, we've you know, had almost 12 million uh, people sign up and, and create accounts at, at Fancy from 135 countries, and the the like sort of the origin of Fancy was very much more like what like maybe a Pinterest is today. Uh, it was was built around being kind of a social network or a place for people to just share, uh, you know, really cool and interesting, unique products. And um, you know, there's still a very strong social component of it. There's a you know, people can create their own fancy profiles. You know, uh, we we have algorithms that that take what people have. You know, we use the word fancy, which is kind of like a like that most people have and like. And um, you know, the 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 feed and what a lot of people still open up fancy on a daily basis is just to see sort of like really interesting, cool, unique products. It's like a browsing experience. And what ended up happening is a lot of people would come to us and find really interesting things and just say, hey, how do I buy that? Like, where do I, where can I find that from? And that's, that's really where the commerce side of it started to come out of it. And, you know, over the years, we've evolved and, and we've become a true marketplace, um, a, a highly curated marketplace at that. So unlike eBay or Etsy or something like that, like not anybody can just come on fancy and create a store and sell anything. I mean, we we work with, you know, 800, um, you know, brands, retailers, entrepreneurs from around the world who have 
you know, really interesting and cool products. Uh, but there's, there's a, you know, pretty strong vetting process to, to have these products on our site. Um, and then from a technology perspective, you know, we, we make it really easy. So, you know, we have like a Shopify app, we sync up with Magento and a bunch of the major, major e-commerce platforms, sort of a, a, a straight bi-directional sync. Um, and, and what we look at it and, and the way we kind of position ourselves in the market we can talk more about this later is we see this like golden age of the direct to consumer brand. We, we, we love it. We think there's so many cool new products that are coming out from, you know, amazing entrepreneurs and artisans. Um, you know, we talked about the technology changes with Shopify and Stripe and payment processing and, you know, access to global manufacturing and three PLs for, for logistics and shipping. And it's, it's never been a better time for, for a new brand to come out with a product. And I, I, I think consumer habits are also changing, right? We're all looking for, you know, these inspirational brands with compelling and authentic stories and newness and freshness and kind of break away from the mainstream. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to discover these brands, right? And, and you know, I mean, you know it more than anybody. Like, the, you know, customer acquisition can be difficult and, and profitable customer acquisition can even be more difficult, right? And uh, the Facebooks of the world, Google is more and more saturated. So, you know, we look at ourselves as this opportunity to like, you know, consumers come to us because they're going to find stuff that they wouldn't even know to look for. Right. Like, I think that's probably one of the things that, you know, if you're going to describe fancy in its easiest point is like, you're going to see stuff that you didn't know you wanted until you see it. And then you're like, I have to have that. You should see the number of every time I've been prepping for this interview, I've gone on to fancy.com and the number of things I've bookmarked is ludicrous. It's like literally, I, I'm like, oh no, hold on. I mean, Chloe, you're supposed to be doing your research for the podcast. Stop shopping. It's ridiculous. Let me know. I got, I'll get you a really nice discount code if you... If you <laughs> Thank you. Um, but it's, I, I find it quite interesting that the whole idea of curated, often, you know, you hear of a a boutique or a website who claim it's curated, but actually they end up giving into the money or they end up pretty much letting everyone in and, and the curation's not really there. But I think you know, from experiencing the website, it's very clear there's there's a lot of curation going on because it is it is a beautiful site to 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 shop. You wouldn't have thought as a consumer, I doubt many consumers realize it's a marketplace. Yeah. You know, it's a very different, it's a very e-commerce experience rather than a very marketplace experience. Yeah, that was a that was a purposeful change we made over the last year. Um you know our 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 belief and our take on this is uh you know, a consumer comes to fancy, we want to make the experience enjoyable and fun. Like that's kind of a, a thing that we go on is like, hey, let's make shopping fun. There should be like joyous in this, right? And like, we're not selling, you know, it's, we're not selling like everyday essentials, right? This is kind of like interesting, unique stuff that just like, you know, maybe helps you stand out as an individual or whatever it is. So, you know, we think that, that experience should be like that. But secondly, like if you come to fancy and you find something and you buy something, we're not going to hide the fact that we're a marketplace and that this is being sold by somebody else. But at the same time, you, you, you made an agreement with us and we want to stand behind that. So we want to make sure that shipping is consistent. We want to make sure that return policies are consistent. We want to make sure that customer support and service is consistent. Like we're never going to pass this off and say, Oh, I'm sorry, this, this, 
merchant or this partner didn't fulfill on it. Like here, you kind of figure that out. You know, like we, we want to stand and sort of act like a retailer where it's like, we're going to stand behind the products that we sell and we're going to give you a consistent unified experience. And then, you know, what we have to do on the back end of that, of course, is, and that's where that, that kind of vetting process comes in is we got to be careful with who we bring on the platform because, you know, ultimately, you know, it's, it's us that is going to, the customer has a bad experience with one of our merchants. It's us that's going to suffer, not necessarily the, the the merchant that's behind the scenes. So it's not just a curation of the quality of the product and the fit of the product. It's a curation of the ability of the creator of that product to stand up to the fancy criteria. Yeah, such. yeah, exactly. And you know the the quality of the product and the timeliness of delivery and you know all those types of things are are really important to us and and that's been a change you know that you know i i was brought in um by the investor group we have an amazing board of directors and investors i mean uh francois pinot is 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 one of the earliest investors you know from uh from caring group and gucci and balenciaga and all those different brands and uh one of the co-owners the boston celtics and the as roma soccer team jim plata is is is, uh, the chairman of our board um and i was brought in from the outside because you know, I think I think Fancy had started to veer in, in kind of the wrong direction and maybe do do a lot of different things, and 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 the experience wasn't what it needed to be. So when I when I came in, it was really important for me to like bring that experience back and kind of earn the trust back of our merchants as well as our customers, and and that's that was kind of our approach to it. Because yeah, it's a it's a brand that could go in so many different directions. So I guess how did you how did you dis, how did you work out what to focus on when you first came on board? Yeah, no, it's a good question. Um, I mean, you know, there's, you know, as well as anybody, there's so many components that are involved, right? There's our, our, uh, uh, you know, the way we're managing our merchants, the way we're handling internal, the culture of the company, like blah, 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 blah. But like the simplest way that I communicated with my team, it's like almost like the, like, not to get biblical, but like the, what would Jesus do kind of thing? Like I do want to others, like, like we we're all consumers, right? Like we all buy things on a daily basis from, from e-commerce websites in our personal lives. And we know what a good experience is and we know what a bad experience is. So let's, let's, let's build a company that provides a good experience. Let's provide, let's build a company that we would want to shop at as consumers. And then once you kind of set that as your sort of guiding light, it's, it's sort of really easy to make decision. So it's kind of the, the culture thing, the culture thing, I should say it's so, it's so much, so much more important than deserving the word thing after it, but understanding kind of, I guess the DNA, the culture, the identity of the business is what enabled you to go, right, this, this fits, this doesn't fit, this fits, this doesn't fit, this question mark, let's talk about it later type thing. And I guess that's the same for a brand of a, a business of any size, isn't it? It's if you can understand that DNA and that culture, then things become a lot more straightforward. Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, I, you know, just background, you know, having, you know, some of the last few years, I've kind of somehow become this turnaround guy where I, I get brought into companies and, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're companies similar to Fancy where you have like this foundation that's really, really strong. But for whatever reason, there's been just a misstep here along the way. And the first thing I always do is is really try to get clarity on what that sort of North Star is, right? That guiding light of what are we trying to do? Like, let's, let's, let's simplify it. Let's make sure everybody in the team knows, like we need to be shooting in the right direction. And then, um, you know, defining kind of those core values of, 
who we are as a company. Like, how are we going to operate? You know, what's important to us? Um, and, you know, they're, they're always pretty consistent. You know, customer first, do what's right, teamwork. You know, I mean, though, you know, almost every company I'm in, we, we try to lay those same things out. But, but I think once you have those things in place, um, you know, the team starts to kind of, you know, uh, march to the same beat. And, uh, you know, it also helps them work a lot more autonomously. So I don't have to micromanage, which is great. Yeah, any anything that avoids micromanagement is very good in my book. Mm-hmm. Um, as, I, as I say that, I'm thinking some of the team who work on the podcast may disagree with that <laughs> as I say it, but sorry, guys. <laughs> and I wanted to come back to something you said earlier about the, you know, we talked about the curated brands and I think it's, it's, it's the range of businesses you work with because you're, you're working with everything from a, a solo artist creating something beautiful for your walls through to Hermes or Hermes, I suppose I should say for the American listeners. Yeah, that one got me a while for a while to get that one right too. But it's, um, it's a phenomenal range of businesses you're enabling to sell to the same customer via the same platform. Does that ever cause you any challenges, I suppose, because one's literally someone working out of a studio and the other one is a international conglomerate. Yeah. Um, it, it does. And, and we've, and we've worked with some brands in time that have started off as the little person in the studio and have turned into the international conglomerate. Like, you know, I mean, there, there's a lot of history. I mean, we were working with like purple mattresses back in like 2013, 2014 and, um, stadium goods, which I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. They were acquired by Farfetch a few years ago for like, you know, a half a billion dollars. I mean, we were working with them when it was just, you know, a guy in basically his bedroom, you know, selling things. So uh, it, it is funny to kind of see that journey of people grow and these, some of these brands come about. Um, yeah. You know, there are some differences, obviously. Uh, I would say the majority of the merchants who are selling on our site and selling on fancy are the smaller artisans, smaller e-commerce, you know, probably a lot of people that are in your audience, you know, people who are, are building businesses and have big dreams and big aspirations and want to grow, but, you know, are looking at ways to, to, to reach a, a, a large audience and a global audience and to do it, you know, profitably. Uh, and I, I, I think that that fits the brand because, yeah, you know, we do have the, you know, the Birkin purses that are you know being sold for 50 grand but even those are uh though we sell those through someone called jane fines and jane fines is kind of a world-renowned curator of these hermes purses and you know we have a great relationship with her we've been working with forever she she finds these amazing bags and you know some of the people who have purchased on our website are you know like a who's who of people but she's still kind of a smaller included brand and and um you know, with fancy being discovery based, it doesn't necessarily make sense for us to work always with big brands that everybody's heard of and everybody knows because you don't need to go to fancy. You already know that brand exists, right? Like what what makes us special is that discovery of that product, that candle, that that uh, new face cream, that that gadget, that kitchen accessory that like you would love and it's an amazing product, but you're not going to search for it because you don't know it exists. And you don't know the brand because you've never heard of them. And unless they, you know, serve you an ad on Instagram, which, the, you know, they have to pay for, you, you'll never see this stuff. And that's, that's where we kind of play. 
So do you see Fancy as a, you said about it, we're being in the golden age of the D2C brand. So do you see Fancy as like a core selling channel for something? You know, they've got their Shopify store, their Magento store, and then, you know, and they're creating some beautiful products that, you know, are just right for the, for, you know, for the Fancy customer. Is Fancy kind of like the next obvious route to go down to increase their their space in the same way that someone's selling, I don't know, camera batteries would most obviously start selling on Amazon. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's exactly that's exactly right. Uh, you know, Fancy works on a a rev split model. Um, you know, we 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 tie in, like I said, directly with these e commerce platforms. So it's really simple for us to bring a a site on board, especially like if they're on Shopify or something like that. I mean, it's almost seamless. Uh, you're not double entering products. I mean, we're pulling everything directly from the store into our our site. Uh, any orders that occur through Fancy are automatically pushed into their order management system. We're we're synced up with inventory and all those types of things, right? So that that becomes really easy. Um, and, and we're on a rev split. So there's no cost to be on fancy. We don't charge any fees at all for, for a, uh, for a merchant to sell their products on fancy. If a product sells, obviously we take a, a portion of those sales, a fair portion of those sales and, you know, they get the rest. The, the, the good news is unlike, you know, like, let's say if you're, you're advertising on Facebook or Google, look, you could spend $10,000 in a month and maybe do seven thousand dollars in sales um you know with fancy you know you're you're basically guaranteed that like hey anything we sell if your margins are, are right and you've done things right you're kind of guaranteed to make money and at a minimum a lot of people like yourself are gonna are gonna be exposed to your product because you know we have almost three million active installs of the fancy app and a lot of people who open up the fancy app aren't even really shoppers they just like to like sort of scroll through mindlessly like, kind of like <laughs> instagram type of thing and like things and uh so we you know we do give you know, people a lot of exposure from that perspective you you mentioned pinterest earlier and i can i haven't yet downloaded the app but i've got a feeling i will be um I imagine it's a it's a bit like going on Pinterest, but with all the uh, the crap filtered out. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Right. It's right. like you know, because as good as you you know, as much as you use Pinterest, still the, some random stuff always seems to appear. But uh, but you protect yourself from that. It's and you don't have to do the whole Pinterest. Where do I buy this element either? Um, one of the things I thought it's it's really interesting that Fancy have got into is physical stores because. You know, given you don't hold any of your own inventory, that must have been an interesting leap to take this kind of artisan marketplace model into a physical space. Yeah, it was. So we, um, when I joined, we had a beautiful retail location uh, in in Soho, New York, and we're paying a uh, a lot of money for it. Uh, almost everything in there was on consignment. And, uh, and it was a really, it was a really cool and really interesting shopping experience. We also, uh, were doing lots of pop-ups, a lot of collaborations and pop-ups, um, both in our stores, as well as we had, um, uh, you know, relationships with, uh, a lot of different centers around New York city and being a New York based company. Um, you know, part of kind of the turnaround and what I did is, is we just made a determination that it makes more sense for us to really just be like an online only. So we, so we did, you know, we've kind of like moved away from the brick and mortar side of things. Um, but, you know, we have a, a, a really interesting partnership with, uh, with some companies that, that help us with some brick and mortar stuff. It helps with some pop-ups and we're, we're very open and we've done a lot of collaborations with different brands that are looking for sort of a physical presence, especially in an area like New York, with a lot of traffic. 
topic. So uh, obviously the last couple months have been a little bit, a uh, little, little different with the sort of brick and mortar retail side of things. But, you know, that is, that is something that we do, but we usually do it in collaboration with specific brands. So it's not a case of, uh, oh, we fancy doing a pop-up uh, in October. So let's see who wants to be part of it. It's more of a the conversation you're having with the brands. And it seems to be a good way to support both your aims would be to do a pop-up and then off it goes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you kind of know, I mean, you know, we, we build relationships with our brands and you know, we have, we have a team of people who's, We've uh, we've actually had people come to us and they're like, you know, this should be more automated, right? Like, because because it is from a technology perspective, but we have physical like conversations with all of our brands. Like when we onboard a new brand, like we have someone on our team is having that conversation, and when we when we bring them onto our technology platform, you know, we're usually like on the phone and kind of walking you through that, and 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 we build relationships with our brands. So, um, you kind of know. You know, you know the product, you know what our fan, you know our audience likes, you kind of know the person you're talking to and who they are. And a lot of times when, when you know, those things are sort of clicking, you know, we'll come to them and we'll talk about a collaboration or we'll let them know that these are the types of things we've done in the past and then they may have some kind of ideas. And then, you know, we'll work together. And we've done that with a lot of really interesting brands and especially in the early days of Fancy, you know, um, we've brought in a lot of like celebrities. Um, we were you know, pretty popular in the celebrity community and, and still are. And a lot of high profile, you know, interesting people who still to this day have public profiles on fancy. I mean, Drake has a public profile on fancy. You can see things that he's fancied in the past. Right. Uh, and, and we've done some interesting stuff, you know, from that perspective in, in regards to bringing in a, an influencer or a celebrity, sort of fancy kind of being the, the, the coordinator and then, you know, the brand or the product that makes sense. It must be, um, it's, it's like a whole extra level of influencer marketing. Cause not only you, you know, you, you know, traditionally it's like, oh, you're an influencer. Great. Show our products on another platform, but you can actually get them in and get them contributing to the conversation on your platform as well as on another, which must, must be a very, a very more, much more powerful, much more kind of involved way of getting them to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we've been lucky because, you know, fancy's always been cool for lack of a better term. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a New York based company, you know, it was founded in New York and, and, and it was, it was authentic and it, it had a lot of people involved from really early on that, that, that understood sort of the cultural relevance of, of what's interesting, what's new and what's unique. So, you know, we had this kind of like fan base of, of people who, who were influencers, are influencers that just loved fancy and they just honestly used the product, you know, on a day in day out basis. So from that perspective, it was always easier. It was easier because the technology, we had to support it and make sure that things were monetized right and, and kind of track, you know, affiliate links and clicks and all that type of stuff. But, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't like us going out there and having to like sell people to talk about fancy. People wanted to talk about fancy. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. It's safe to say that most of us have been doing more shopping online lately. And if you're an e-commerce brand, that means you might be seeing more first-time customers. But once they've made that first purchase, how do you keep them coming back? Well, that's what Klaviyo is for. Klaviyo is the ultimate email and SMS marketing platform for e-commerce brands. It gives you the tools to build your contact lists, send memorable emails, automate key messages and more. 
way, way more. Whether you're launching a new business or taking your brand to the next level, Klaviyo can help you get growing faster. And it's free to get started. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan to create your free account. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Shopware is a leading e-commerce system used by some of the largest European brands, retailers and manufacturers across both B2C and B2B industries. As a trend-setting open source solution, Shopware gives retailers the freedom to quickly and easily realise their growth potential with more flexibility and less complexity. Visit shopware.com to check out the new Shopware cloud solutions and discover the easiest way into e-commerce. Craft the perfect customer experience and unleash your growth. It's time for the Top Tips Round. Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our business to the next level. So, Greg, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Oh, um, Measure What Matters by John Doerr. Uh, it's all about OKRs. OKRs are, um, it's, it's, uh, objective key results. It, it, it actually ties in with what we talked about earlier in the path. It's here's, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Here's what we're measuring. Here are the key results. Let's make sure that we're all moving towards it. Um, they're short, you know, maybe three, four week periods of time and it, it helps keep on track and it helps you determine whether or not you're actually doing the things that you set out to do and, and do it in a, in a measurable, quantifiable way. Oh, any process that helps you make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and not getting distracted sounds good to me. Um, okay. The traffic top tip, which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? You know, it, it, it's simple, uh, but email is still so powerful. Uh, I mean, we at Fancy, you know, we have an email list of about a million people. Uh, we, we reach out and we connect with, with, with our audience on an on almost new, uh, near daily basis. It's still the number one driver of sales. Uh, it, it allows you to build a true relationship with, with your visitors, with your, with your uh previous customers with prospects, et cetera. So, you know, um, and, you know, I've read some of your tips as well, like give people a real genuine reason to, you know, give them your email address and then build a real, like authentic, um, relationship with them through email. I love it. I love it. I love a bit of email marketing. So I always appreciate that answer. Okay. The tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plug in a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? You, you know, right now we're, we live on Slack. I mean, that's, I think, obvious. Uh, that, that's the easy one. But a tool that I've been using for the last, gosh, five, six, seven, eight years that's unbelievable is Evernote. Uh, I use Evernote for everything. Every meeting I have, every interview I have, every blog post idea, business idea, etc. And it's all cloud-based. It syncs on all my devices. So whatever computer, mobile phone, I can always access things. And I mean, I have... It's uh, you would be shocked at the number of notebooks that I've created with different you know business ventures, ideas, book ideas, etc. And it's all it's all kept in one place. 
Excellent. Okay, then the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Uh, I mean, look, the obvious one is 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 build and you know have an awesome product and and create a great experience. Like that's that's table stakes. Like if that's not there, it's going to be very difficult for you to scale profitably. But um, you know, once once you have that you know awesome product and you know who your audience is and you know who your buyers are, I mean, you have your traditional marketing channels. But uh, you know, reach out to Fancy, and uh, if it's the right kind of product, we'll get you on your platform and we'll get you tons of exposure and we'll help you grow. <laughs> I love it. Some some clear advice and some hey come to fancy advice. <laughs> Which is good because next I'm going to ask you Greg where they can find you and Fancy on the web and social media if they want to get in touch and if they want to find out uh, well if they want to go shopping I would highly recommend that. Um but also if they want to see see a bit more. Yeah, I mean we're fancy.com. You can download our apps. Uh so we we have you know web presence fancy.com. Super simple. Uh we have iOS and Android apps. Download them, check them out. It's super cool. Uh I can be reached um LinkedIn, uh Twitter, uh just Greg underscore Spillane. My email is Greg at uh, fancy.com. Please feel free to reach out. If you're a you're a brand or a merchant and you're interested in talking to us, you can reach out to me. I'll connect you with the right people. Um yeah. Awesome. And if someone, as you said earlier, many of the listeners may be perfect candidates for your curated list of brands. So if they are, is it literally case to go to the website and follow the instructions to, to make that first step? Yeah, there is. There's a, there's a link at the bottom of the fancy.com that says, you know, if you're interested in becoming a merchant, um, it'll just ask for a few pieces of information, like a very short, easy application. And that goes to our brand development team. And then our brand development team will, 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 will connect with you and, and do that whole thing. But uh, I'm also pretty open book guy. So if anybody just wants to email me direct to Greg at Fancy, I'll, I'll put him in touch with the right people. Yeah, you, you don't want to miss out on the perfect brand because they didn't want to fill, it, fill out a form, do you? Yeah, absolutely. That would be bad. Well, look, Greg, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. It's been it's been absolutely fascinating chatting to you about Fancy and how you've you've restructured it and the kind of the philosophy behind the business. So thanks so much. Thanks, Chloe. It was great speaking with you as well. So being completely honest, Greg did not come onto the show to plug Fancy and to persuade you guys to come and sign up. But I have to say, um, the more I understand about the business, the more if I had kind of be- some beautiful homewares or something like that, I would certainly be making contact with them to see if it was a, a route to grow my sales and to get my products in front of some really, really great customers. I guess my, my key takeaways from, from the chat with Greg is how... How many ways e-commerce is now being used? That kind of that core bit of e-commerce is being used by different people to do different things, and how by focusing on the customer experience and the customer interactivity and the ability to kind of have that curated space has given Fancy the ability to grow the business to, you know, to serious size and to be able to, you know, do different things. But also the the way in which Greg was talking about how he pulled everything back together. You know, he's bought in to transform the business, to turn it around. And, you know, he didn't come in with his own ideas about what he should be doing. He came in to really get to grips with what that core brand stood for, what the values are, what the identity is, and then refocus the team. And then the business followed, which, you know, we all lose track, whether you're a one-person business or a team of hundreds, hundreds, you know, we all lose track. And 
you know, to be able to reframe and get back to that core enables you to make better decisions, enables you to stay on track. Okay, to get your hands on the notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to the different things we mentioned, head over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. And there you can add yourself to our email list too, so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. If you liked this episode, then please do make sure you check out episode 260 with Saatchi Art, which is another very interesting use of the e-commerce marketplace idea. And if you want to get your email marketing activity up to scratch, just as we were talking about there in the traffic top tip, then do check out the first five episodes of our brand new sister podcast, Keep Optimizing, because each is about a different way to improve your e-commerce marketing. So just search for Keep Optimizing with an S on your podcast app of choice and you'll find that. uh, So you can go and binge through some content to help you up your email performance. Well, look, thank you for tuning in to this and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. Me and the team really do appreciate it. And I bring you a new interview every week here because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their businesses. So if you could tell just one other e-commerce business owner this week about the show so we can help them too, I would really appreciate it. Anyway, I hope you have a great week. Keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.